Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Homebrew here to talk to you about nothing else but homebrew, which is weird. I know. I'm sure you expected an internal, uh, uh, you know, a, an interior design podcast, but that is not the case. We're talking about <laughs> beers and homebrew. And with me, as always, are the two Brian's uh, from the Council of Brian's, Brian Cooper and Brian Shaw. How are you guys doing? Yes, we're here. You're awesome. All right. What yeah. else would we talk about but homebrew? I, I don't mean. know, man. I'm ready for it, though. We have a Schwartz beer, which is one of my favorite styles. I really like that beer um, from uh, our other Brian, Brian Mills, who is joining us right now. A little, uh, little uh, intro, Brian. And then we like have the a Brian trifecta. That's right. And then we have a Saison from Mark that's going to be in the second half of the show. But before we get to all those beers, of course, I want to thank Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn every single solitary way to clean and sanitize, which is really only one way. You PBW, and then you star sand, and that's what you do. And Five Star Chemicals sort of introduced that to us, in my opinion, to the homebrewing world. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but in my mind, in my history, (laughs) that's exactly uh, 100% correct. And, And once I started doing those steps of cleaning and then sanitizing with PBW and star sand, my beer improved 20%. Which is not saying a whole lot because it's pretty terrible, but <laughs> that's not that's not entirely true. Um, but anyway, it's uh, it, it it did definitely see a marked improvement in in how my beer came out because you got all the valves and you got all the little nooks and crannies and all that kind of stuff. And Five Star can uh, they've developed these chemicals to sort of blast those uh, those, uh, organic materials out of there. So you don't have to work as hard and it's, it's good stuff. So check them out. Five star chemicals.com. Yeah. yeah. Just are they, bleach, man. <laughs> so are they, uh, for homebrew con, are they, are they going to do like, they're doing a vendor thing, right? I mean, the, the vendors are still going to be an aspect of it. They just give them each their own little time from what I understand is going on or uh, that. I don't know. That's a really good question. I, have no I think idea. there's a thing. Exhibitors have a thing for sure, but, hmm. uh, okay. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to do that because, yeah, it's fun going around and, and talking to everybody and visiting all the different things there. That's sort of the thing and, to uh, do, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, that's, I mean, that's the social aspect of HomebrewCon that I, that I enjoy is like going and seeing all the booths and going talking to the vendors and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's not meeting in the hallways or, or, or smelling everybody's farts in the, uh, in the elevators. That's not necessarily <laughs> what I'm all about, but, uh, yeah, doing the vendors in the, in the, in the showroom floor is, is, is fun. And that's sort of like the memories that I have, but maybe that's cause I'm in, I'm on the opposite side of that, you know, whereas if you go as a home brewer, then it's just like, Oh God, I gotta navigate through all this stuff. But so wait, wait, J- JP, hold up here. You were just saying that yeah. you enjoyed the social aspect of something. I, I, that doesn't sound right to me. Well, I enjoy the social aspect of talking to, uh, no, excuse me, not even of talking, of looking at booths. So if you can call All that right. social, I guess, uh, to me, that's social. Being social is, is being in a public space looking at shit. It's not necessarily you might hold up your badge and like <laughs> smile, but not say anything and then walk away. Okay. No, no, no. Just looking. <laughs> and like that was JP, and he didn't even say hi to us. Uh, JP from uh, the Brewing Network just came by, and he, he blew us off. Man, yeah, that guy's a jerk. You know what? Honestly, mm. I, I think about that all maybe too much because I'm sort of a narcissist. But 
um, you know, I don't, I don't, say, I don't see, I don't say hi to people. I don't see, uh, I don't know because I always feel like, oh, maybe they don't recognize me, or maybe it's too pompous of me to assume that this person knows who I am, but they're looking at me. It's a whole thing, man. So I just avoid everybody, and I, you know, hopefully then if everybody knows up front that I'm a disappointment. Uh, <laughs> seeing them across the room and they go, oh, that's JP. He blew me off. That's par for the course. But then, yeah, yeah. my my first I... experience with JP was 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 along those lines. I, I thought you were a little standoffish, and I, uh, but also at the same I time, am. like I was, um, I was excited because my friend Alex had just won the uh, uh, the 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 Boston Beer Company's big, you know, the competition. The, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what was long it called? Oh, the big uh, Sam Adams the, uh, long, long shot. shot. Yeah, the long shot. Yeah. I remember that. That's been like fifteen years ago. And he got his beer made by them, and you got to go out and do that. But uh, you were like, uh, man, you it, he should have declared his doze. Why did he declare his mad zymergist? <laughs> I was just like, God, this JP guy is kind of a douchebag. I don't know. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he, he's kind of you know just like oh can't you just be happy for the guy that nope. won? Nope. nope, he was just had well, like a grumpy old man syndrome. I'm just uh, I, I, I yeah. love you, brother. I'm sh- I'm giving you shit. But no, no, hey, I, I, did, I, I don't mind because honestly, it's you know happiness on the radio is not as nearly as entertaining as some <laughs> balding asshole uh, mm. being upset for no reason. <sighs> And that's that's just, why we're perfect for radio. That's the way it goes, man. Um, but anyway, we have um, we have Brian Mills with us here with his Schwartz beer. Brian, welcome back. Thank you. We're drinking your Schwartz beer. I think Brian Cooper went first for your Meriton. That was on the last show. So we're going to have Brian Shar take it away with the Schwartz beer. Well, that doesn't sound right. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound yeah right. that's... You, Sorry. You, you said that, JP, not me. Sorry so that's, about that. Uh, we'll just set, we'll just set this down and walk away from that. Brian, what are you in a homebrew club? I am. I'm in the still. Lebanon area fermenters uh, in central Pennsylvania. Oh, you're still in that club, man? That's cool. Yeah, same same club as like half an hour ago. <laughs> we were just talking about that. I mean, but these are independent episodes, so maybe someone is pulling this one up and they didn't just listen to the previous episodes. So maybe. I don't know. Maybe. You know, you could add a lot more words to your your club's name, and and you could be Laffy Taffy, like you know, just add another F word, another Y word, and I mean, we are close uh, to Hershey. I don't know if that's one of their products yeah. offhand, but you know, I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's a it's a stretch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, I really like this Schwartz beer. This is one of my favorite styles. I really like this, and I'm fortunate that uh, a couple of members of our of, of my homebrew club really do a nice job with this. So it's uh, always, uh, I generally get a chance to have uh, this style frequently. And you know, I, I really like this beer. Uh, aroma, uh, had kind of a low aroma overall, which is fine. It's, this is not a beer, this is a Schwartz beer. It's not a Doppelbach. It's not gonna, it's not a big aroma that's gonna blow your your nose off your face. It had an appropriate level of aroma. Uh, had kind of a low, a uh, uh, bready bread crust, kind of dark, dark bread, almost rye, but not quite rye. I mean, there's, I didn't get any rye in this, uh, but it's a rich uh, uh, aroma in that way. Low roast, again, not, I think it's an appropriate uh, uh, amount of roast malt, not something that's going to blow you, uh, uh, blow your nose up with roast, which is appropriate. This, 
a, a low roast and a Schwartz beer is, is fine. This shouldn't smell like a stout. Uh, no hop aroma, which you expect for the style. No off aromas. Gave this nine a twelve. Uh, appearance, uh, it's an extremely dark brown, uh, essentially black, like it should be. Uh, as much as it's possible to tell, uh, this is a, a pretty clear beer. Uh, the head was lower than I had expected, but was quite persistent at that low level. So I gave that, knocked off a point for head, uh, gave that two out of three. Uh, that could have been my own glassware, so I'll be curious what, what Cooper has to say about that. Uh, flavor, initially the flavor, like the aroma, was kind of a dark bread crust, bready uh, character Uh Low hot bitterness comes up to balance. Didn't really get any hop flavor in this beer, but this is not a hop showcase. This is more of a malt showcase German lager. Uh, the finish is moderate in length and dry. Uh, well attenuated uh, beer. Uh, and the balance is a little, you know, between malt and hop, it's a little uh, toward malt, again, which is what you'd, you'd want from this beer. Uh, 14 out of 20. Mouthfeel, five out of five. Medium body, medium carbonation, no warming. This is really on the creamy slash astringent dial. This needle is pointing much more toward creamy. Uh, and an overall impression, uh, I give this a seven out of 10. It's really clean and really well fermented, which I really like. Uh, it does kind of lack the richness and complexity of the, the best examples. Uh, this is a 37, which is very good. Uh, so I think well done. This is a, a beer that I think could easily place in competition. But for something that's going to win the category, I think maybe, uh, uh, and I'm assuming that you're you're mashing, maybe a little more complexity in your, your malt bill uh, might help. Uh, it may be that I simply judge this sample too cold, which could happen maybe if I let this uh, uh, warm up a little more. As you know, we've discussed, we were going to do this show last uh, last week, uh, and I drank the bottle and judged the bottle that we I, I had last week. So I'm kind of coming back to my, my impression of this uh, a week old. But it's possible I simply drank this too cold out of my fridge, and that maybe mashed some complexity. Again, 37 out of 50, it's it's very good, and I, I really like it. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'll I'll say my part about this beer. Yeah. And yeah, we were we were setting up for the show that that didn't happen and failed failed. And I, I we were trying to do this all these you know the it, it's so frustrating these days like having everything be online and in in a way there's some good things you know you can play house party with your friends from across the way and they're bored too but uh, you know play trivia games and have beers together with people from wherever but uh, at the same time. When the technology doesn't work, yeah, it's it's yeah. Anyway, that night was technology not working, and I was sitting there trying mm. to finish judging the Schwartz beer. So I might not have done the beer just, justice, um, but I feel that I have an impression of it uh, still in my head. And um, in the nose, I got an appropriately low malt. Um, it wasn't sharp or biting. It's just a low dark bread. Um, I got some faint chocolate. And a hint of roast, but not burnt. So that's that's okay. Um, the chocolate was maybe a little high for for what I was expecting, but it was you know it was it was just in the mix. It was mostly dark bread with a little bit of chocolate and, and a hint of roast. So low spicy hop, no big esters, and no diacetyl or acetaldehyde. Uh, it did seem cleanly lagered, 
and uh, gave it a nine out of 12 for, for aroma. It smelled like it was going in the right direction. Appearance wise, rich, dark brown color, with a medium tan colored head of fine bubbles uh, stuck around fairly well. Um, the clarity was hard to detect, uh, but it seemed fairly clear at the edges of the glass. If you tipped and looked at the corners, uh, flavor wise, I got a low, low dark bread and lightly chocolatey malt again, not burnt. Uh, the bitterness was low and out of the way and a little hint of a spicy hop in there. Uh, nothing overpowering clean lager character. Um, but it had that semi-sweet finish it was just a bit too sweet for the style to me uh and mine had been sitting in a bag i i, I did the last one in the office like i said and it was in a bag it came out to my work and then sat in a hundred degree car during the day in a cooler full of ice packs and amazingly it was still cold but it wasn't probably as cold as the one that char judged so um i think maybe that sweetness was just coming out a little bit more for me and to me i'd like it to kind of dry off in the finish a little bit at least and then have a semi dry to dry finish. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, you know, to me, it should, it should do that. But, uh, and let that to me, part of the key of the style is having it dry off your tongue and then you just taste a little bit of that dark malt, you know, but not roasty, roasty, rich burnt. And you just get that hint of that flavoring dark malt in there that gives the beer its color. And a little bit of flavor, but not too much flavor. Like to me, I'm I'm kind of picky about short spears, and that that's kind of thread that needle and just like you know drill it through this little tight uh, speck of a you know. I mean, it, 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 there's there is room for interpretation in shorts; as they vary, but uh, the finest ones to me have that that drier finish. Uh, body wise, it was uh, medium to almost medium full bodied, maybe kind of from the sweetness accenting, but sweetness isn't uh isn't body necessarily but it, it was a little more viscous than i thought thought it should be uh with a medium low carbonation no warmth not very creamy uh but no astringency i guess yeah it was probably leaning towards creamy there was no astringency it was smooth but it just felt a bit big for the style to me so to hmm. I, i'm gonna say it, you probably used a high temperature mash uh Maybe you used melanoid malt. I don't. I don't know. I will. I'll suspend my judgment on the melanoid malt. There you go. But uh, I think you probably mashed a little high on the beer and and did that same thing that you do with your lagers. And you need to just rethink your lagers and and dry them out a little bit better. And it's going to be a better product because your ingredients are nice. The recipe yeah. is nice. It's it's a good beer. It's a very good beer. Uh, I gave it a 33. I think it has some room for improvement, but you could, you could definitely bring it up to high thirties or forties with, you know, little adjustments. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Sorry, Shuz. Yeah. Well, Mills, why don't you go ahead and give us your recipe and we'll start there. Sure. So this was my first shot at a Schwartz beer and Kind of like you said, it it, it was a little bit of a challenge. Uh, I made a couple lagers before, and you know this is a a, you know kind of a unique style. So I tried to go a a little bit on the the simpler side to start this one off. Um, I used uh, about fifty one percent of Munich light and forty one percent of Munich dark. There is about 
5% of Carafa 1 and 2.5% of Dehusk Carafa 2. Interesting. Uh, on the hop side, it was just uh, 28 IBUs of Magnum at 60 minutes. Um, as far as the mash goes, uh, it was a little bit on the higher side at 155. Um, so, yeah, I, I could probably bring that down a little bit to help dry it out some. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a balanced, you know, you get you get some sweetness, yeah. but you get some. But, yeah, once you get out to 156, 157, the sweetness starts to take over. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so the, higher. higher. Yeah. The starting gravity is 1055, and this particular batch finished at 1018, which which was a, a little bit higher than expected. Um, it should have been down closer to, to 1010-ish. Yeah. So I think 10, if I can 10. get it down there, it yes. might might improve that some. Yeah, 1011, 1012 would be a good finish for this. 1010 10 yeah. would be fine, but 1018 10, is, is a bit high. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and you just uh, single infusion and the same kind of water treatment as we talked about on our last show with you. Yeah, this one I actually started with all RO water and built it up from there. Uh, that was my first okay. attempt at, at doing that, too. Uh, like I said on the last show, I, I typically mix, but for this one, uh, I felt like challenging myself a little bit more and in, in starting with just RO water and, and building it. Yeah. Well, you did a good job because if you use too many minerals, you know, it can start getting chalky and playing with the malt and doing some awful things. So I, I don't remember the water being a distraction at all. It wasn't minerally. Yeah. The, the salts are pretty light in it. Yeah. Yeah, you wanna you wanna avoid giving making a beer that's like you're licking a rock, and that's right. what some of the over adjusted uh, water beers come across like to me. It's like you grab a rock and you're just licking that and just wondering why you're doing that. Yeah, why am I Have licking a, this rock? A fresh like a Kostritzer Schwartz beer, like a, a a decent bottle of that, well cared for. Or any of the other commercial examples? Or have you been to Germany? <laughs> <laughs> I have not been to Germany. Um, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I've I've had a couple Schwartz beers, but nothing like that I would consider, you know, something in the classic style. Yeah, you know, it's, they're, it's, they're hard, you know, hard to come by here, you know, uh, at least. I, and I think when I've been to Germany, I've been more to southern Germany. And, and this is like from Saxony kind of area. It's not like... A, kind of have to be going there to get this beer i think uh but i i would really like to go to that part of germany and try a fresh uh, uh you know from the source schwartz because most of my impression of what a good schwartz beer is is from really good homebrewed examples that meet the yeah. style guidelines and 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 kind of come across with that right balance that i want but yeah again nice job here it's it's a it's a good beer but uh drying it out a little bit more would be great what, what yeast did you use uh this one is the 3470 again Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much my standard. And, you know, like the other one, uh, like pretty much all my loggers are done at 49 degrees until they get close to done and, you know, ramp it up for the um, diacetyl rest at the end and um, then start cold crashing it. I, I typically don't use any, uh, you know, uh, gelatin or anything to, to clear them up at the end i just let the temperature do it and uh, you know it, it seems to be working fairly well cool yeah you really yeah. don't I, I think you really don't need to worry about gelatin fining uh yeah a dark beer <laughs> like this and it's 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just lazy or something. But in my opinion, when I, I generally don't gelatin fine unless I'm doing something like a Pilsner where you want it to be, you know, absolutely crystal clear. And it's that pale color, but you can tell if it's crystal clear. Uh, but that's, I mean, gelatin fining is how I got taught to do do fining. It's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. As long as you're not using, you know, jello blue raspberry or something, <laughs> you're, you're pretty much fine with gelatin fining. Blue raspberry Schwartz beer? Exactly. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> Don't do it. That's right. My daughter uh, loves anything blue raspberry, but she's like 12, so she wouldn't like a blue raspberry Schwartz beer. Maybe in 10 years. Who knows? Right. But she'd love a, a blue raspberry Laffy Taffy or Airhead. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Back to the Laffy Taffy. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Uh, but the... As far as the like the malt bill goes, anything that you guys, you know, think there or my, you know, anything that you might change? Uh, you could you might bring in some pills malt just to lighten up the body a little bit more. Okay. Uh, you're you're going all Munich, and you know, I mean, the the malts you use are great, but uh, lightening up that body a little bit is gonna. It felt the body felt a little big to me. I think it's just because all that Munich in there. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think to uh, when when Cooper says some, my thinking is maybe you might go like you know ten twenty percent. I mean, Brian, what do you think about that? You what do you, yeah. think you should, think you should go higher? I, I don't know, ten or fifteen percent would be a good place to start with this. So I don't yeah. think it, you know it's just a minor adjustment. I mean, even twenty. Nice. Uh, I mean, twenty takes you to be you know from a hundred percent Munich malts to eighty percent. So yeah. that, that might give you maybe a little more of that that Christmas, maybe a little, little bit more of the fermentability too, potentially. Yeah, yeah, fifteen twenty would be fine to try yeah. anywhere in that range. I'd, yeah, yeah. Look at Jamil's recipe. See where he starts it at. And just <laughs> from there. That's what everybody else does. Yeah, brewing classic, brewing style classic styles. Yes, yeah. available everywhere. Fine home brewing books are sold. That's right. Uh, all right, Brian. You have anything else for the boys? For the council? No. Okay. No, the the cool. Council of Bryans. It's the upgraded version of the Council of Elrond. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't know I if I'd say like upgraded. The council, the council of Ricks. Have you ever watched Rick and Morty? I just, I've just started watching that for the first time when I get to the Council of Ricks, and that's kind of where that where oh, that yeah. came from. That's true. Wow. You uh, really are a, a dork, aren't you, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess is that addressed to me or Mills? I mean, right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> both. I oh, guess. yeah. I, guess. I mean, geez. I love Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. And <laughs> all and it, yeah, I, I just finished watching the Star Wars trilogy with my seven-year-old. I waited until he was the right age to watch all these movies. We watched the original trilogy from the seventies and early eighties. Good. He, yeah. He's got lightsabers. He's been photobombing my wife's work, work zoom calls with <laughs> full Darth Vader regalia coming in the background. Love just looming there. That's right. And I let it happen. I love it. Yeah. Meanwhile, we, we didn't tell my daughter about the prequels until uh, like years after we saw the original trilogy. And after we had seen pretty much all of the Clone Wars, and then I'm like, all right, maybe I can handle Jar Jar for a little bit. Let me tell you about the prequels. And she was so excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> but wait, there's more. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's like the year 2020. But wait, there's more. Uh... <laughs> all right, Mills, we'll let you go, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, boys. Have all a good dude. night. Bye. Peace. Thanks Bye. for sharing your beer, man. Nice talking to you. You too. Uh, all right, that was good stuff, huh? What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think he's brewing some fine lagers, and I wish I could yeah. brew lagers that well sometimes. 
That's true. I, I well, totally when, I, agree. when I did my first logger, it's like you don't realize how hard it is to do a really good logger until you try to yeah. do one. It's I tough. I made that many because it's yeah. it's a challenge. Yeah, well, and you know what? Sometimes I feel like like getting people on the show that um, that send us multiple beers, even this close together, right? Because we just had him on the last show. Um, there is sort of a, a a common thread between these two loggers, the Meriton and yeah. the Schwartz beer, where there's a creaminess. Yeah. There's not a sharp. There's not a sharp thing. It's like everything just sort of blends, and it's it. There is a creaminess. Yeah. So, is that a function of a recipe, or his, or what he's dealing with his yeast, or or both? And you know, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I really want to dig into. Also, is 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 not just oh here's a one off recipe, but your brewing techniques in general, right? Like how can we yeah. improve those? And the only way we can know that is if we're tasting your beers, uh, you know, close together like that too. So that that I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, we get yeah, into exploring like, kind of Brian's house style, you know, and he, yeah. he does a lot of things kind of similarly, his water and his, mm -hmm. his yeast and his, and his fermentation profiles. And, because you know, that's... Everybody that's had these problems. I mean, I, I, I love to poke fun at uh, Mike McDole, at Tasty McD, because when he was coming into more beer and bringing us his beers, his house flavor was bubblegum. That bubblegum, stressed yeast kind of thing. And it's like... And, you know, I was still learning to, to homebrew at the time. We all kind of were learning how to homebrew together, which yeah. is sort of like this weird, you know, Olin, uh, you know, was the, the pioneer of, of, of opening more beer and, 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 you know, all the stuff that more beer has done for the homebrewing community, uh, which is probably too numerous to, to mention right now, honestly. But we're all still kind of figuring everything out. And so it was almost like, oh, man, I can totally tell you have a house flavor is when I learned that term house flavor. And I thought it was a compliment, yeah. and it wasn't a compliment because it was a, it was an off flavor. But <laughs> uh, so everybody struggles, and everybody learns from other people, and so uh, the homebrew community is very supportive in that regard. So uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's cool to see. Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break, everybody. We're gonna come back, and we're gonna drink a saison. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna taste it because I don't have it, but. Uh, I will uh, be drinking something else. Don't worry. Anyway, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Mark and his Saison. This is Dr. Homebrew. Dr. Homebrew, please report to the ER for code blue. Dr. Homebrew to the ER, please. No, and your tea time has been moved to 2.30. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. We have Mark on the line who brewed a saison and i don't have any of it and i'm a little uh disappointed but um you know that's before i've heard the score maybe uh maybe i'll be uh, glad uh, mark how you doing man uh doing really well thanks <laughs> thanks for having me on of course yeah i appreciate you uh sending the boys some beer i know it's a little complicated right now but uh you know you you, you did it and we're going to try to give you the best feedback that we can and i say we i mean them because i'm just gonna sit here and cut my nails or something i don't know <laughs> i don't have the beer to drink but before we get to your beer man i do want to talk about uh duke cannon the fellows over at duke cannon have a new product out actually it's a whole line of high viscosity body wash called thick and it's really good i have it uh, i personally use it it's a great product it is very very thick you can buy one for nine dollars and it's going to take you a long time to get through it trust me or you can buy all 40 or excuse me geez all four for 30 bucks. 
<laughs> so they have a, a, a line of four. It's uh, accomplishment, naval supremacy, old glory, or productivity. And they're really nice and bright and refreshing uh, scents. You know, a lot of these uh, personal grooming products and these, uh, you know, body washes, whatever, can sort of be a lot like beer, where it can be cloying and sort of dark smelling and just kind of like blah flavors or aromas rather. But Duke Cannon, uh, their flavors are, are very bright and clear and y- it's very obvious of what you're you're washing with. So uh, they're really good stuff. It foams really well. I really like it. Thick, high viscosity body wash. Go to DukeCannon.com and use promo code BREWING to take 15% off your entire order. And if you have an order over 35 bucks, it's free shipping. So not only do they have body wash, but you've heard us talk about it before. They have soaps. They have uh, solid cologne. They have all sorts of stuff like that. So check it out. Trust me. Go there, DukeCannon.com. You're going to be buying more than just the thick body wash, I promise you. Uh, and then use code, uh, promo code BREWING for 15% off of that order. All right, Mark, thanks a lot, man. Um, is this your first Saison that you've ever made? Oh, no, no. This is the uh, first time brewing this uh, particular recipe, but I, I get down on the, on the Saison style pretty hard. So, okay. um, yeah, man. Okay, yeah, cool. I, I like asking that because it, it sort of, I don't know, may, maybe clouds the judgment a little bit, but, um, you know, these are all prejudged beforehand, but I just like to know what people are, are trying to tackle first or sort of get a sense for, for somebody's, you know, go-to style, and I just, I think it's funny that it just, it still runs the gamut of, of, of different styles, you know, there's not many Saison heads out there anymore, yeah, and there used to know, be. Yeah, you know, it's, um, like it's definitely the, one of those styles where it's, you know, it's, you know, people were pretty hyped on them a number of years ago, but yeah, like in the um, late '90s, it was saisons everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I dig it, and you know, the, for me, if you know, for brewing for a while, this was a fun recipe to brew because um, I I've been kegging for a long time, and I I just you know I, I was like I gotta get a bottle condition saison in the in the works here for some competition. <laughs> so um, why not? Yeah, yeah. Okay, bring it back. Cool. Well, Brian Cooper, why don't you start us off with the yeah. saison? Well. Yeah, then did we ask uh, did we ask uh, Mark how long he's been brewing? No, we have not. I apologize, but you can go ahead. I would I would be curious about that. Just uh, yeah, how long you've been working at it? Um, I've been nerding out on homebrew for a good decade now. <clears throat> good for you. Good for you. So I'm going to taste the bottle I opened earlier, and and uh, Brian hinted at maybe some bottle variation. So I brought I got the second bottle out, and this one it's probably going to be a little warmer. And then I'm going to open the other bottle. They should be close to the same. I was going to ask, should I roll the bottle? <laughs> They're pouring pretty clear. I will say that. They're pouring pretty clear. Let's see if this one pours as clear as the last one. Not that it needs to be super hazy, but it's a, yeah. And there's there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, of haze in there. Uh, so uh, nose-wise, and uh, you know, the bottle had a nice fill level, good, uh, a nice hiss. Um, and in the nose, I'm getting a pleasant kind of apricot-like fruitiness up front with a whiff of, uh, well, it's just kind of generally juicy. And this one maybe has a little more of the, uh, the kind of lemony, lemony fruit in it, kind of esters. Um, I think in the first one, I got a little whiff of sulfur, but this one, I'm not getting that as much. I don't know. There might be a little bottle variation going on here. And this one is actually also a little more um, 
fluffier head and more carbonated. Um, so a uh, low bready grainy malt, very low phenolics, just a, a faint bit of pepper. Um, it's, it's maybe a little more noticeable in this one too. And a low spicy hop, no diacetyl. Um, yeah, uh, appearance-wise, it's, it's very light. It's, uh, I mean, I don't even know if I would go light gold as opposed to like, you know, yellow. It's it's very light in color for a Saison. Uh, it has a very finely formed white head of mostly finer bubbles uh, that sticks around well. So, I mean, I, even, even though it's on the lighter side, I give it full points for appearance. It's a pretty beer. And, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't need to be any hazier necessarily. Uh, a lot of them are more in that kind of golden color range, but uh, this is okay. Uh, Flavor-wise, it's it's pleasantly malty with a juice-like. Here I'm getting kind of, I feel like I got a little almost kind of tropical-y flavors, like a guava and a little pineapple alongside that apricot and a little lemon. It's like there's an interesting like kind of light fruit punch bowl aspect to it. It's got a lot of different things going on. Uh, but seems cleanly fermented. Again, very low uh, phenolics in the in the flavor. Just a light whiff of of some some white pepper, um, and low bitterness. I would say probably low for the style. Um, and I would prefer the the, the esters to kind of lean a little more toward the orangey lemony side of things uh, than they do. <clears throat> but it's interesting. Um, you know, this expression is interesting as it is. Um, one thing that I will say about the beer is it finishes appropriately dry, uh, not sweet at all. And, uh, you know, this is good. It's, it's definitely uh, drying right off the tongue. And the, the, the light pepperiness that is there comes through. If you had any sweetness there, I think it would kind of block that flavor. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the aroma is light too on the, pep, the phenolic side of things. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that is definitely one of the nice things about this beer. It just dries right out. And, uh, you know, it's got a low spicy hop kind of in the background there. Um, I would say the balance is to the malt. And, uh, you know, usually these will be balanced to the malt and a little bit also the, the yeast character. <clears throat> to me, the, the yeast character in this beer is generally kind of low, uh, uh, whereas Saison's will be a little bit higher. Uh, this is declared as a super strength Saison. I'm, I'm getting a little alcohol. Uh, the alcohol that I get is, is pretty smooth. It's, it's nice and clean. And so it's not, not even no, that noticeable. It, it might be a deceptive beer. So I'd be really interested to, to find out from you what the ABV is on this. I'm going to get to talking about your recipe and what, what you came, what it came out as. Um, the beer is light bodied and it's actually pretty refreshing. It doesn't feel heavy at all. Um, medium carbonation. This one is probably higher, it's probably medium, medium, high carbonation. Uh, just doesn't have any bite or stringency at all, and that's that's kind of nice. Uh, some of the saisons in in Belgium or you know in France, you can get some some with a little more bite and a little little bigger uh, uh, phenolic and a little astringency to them. Uh, they can get a little gnarly sometimes, uh, but then you have some that are just really smooth, like this one is. Uh, it's, it's very smooth, and uh, I think maybe uh, I think in the first sample I had a little more spritziness would have helped it that, but this one, it probably, it does have, it does have that a little bit more, uh, carbonation, making it kind of pop. And it's hard to get your, from bottle to bottle, getting, 
the carbonation exactly even in a beer for competition. You never know which beer the judges are going to open. I'd be interested to know what you're what you're bottling with uh, if it's a, a beer gun or if you're just using a picnic tap in the you know out of a Cobra, whatever. But uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of different ways to bottle, and if you can get in the in the bottle and have it be fairly consistent, that's going to help you as an entrant. Um, overall impression, I'd say it's a it's a pleasant drinking saison um, with a really interesting ester presentation. Um, you know, the, a lot of different fruits there, and I, I find it to be really enjoyable as far as that goes. And there, the phenols are low, the pepperiness is just kind of low and out of the way. The CO two is kind of not quite up to that high, big, persistent, fluffy. You know, pushing out all kinds of CO two. Um, and that might be part of what lends this, this beer, it's kind of smoothness that, that it has, despite the, you know, the fairly, you know, it, it's not like super warming in the mouthfeel either, but it's like, there's some alcohol there. It's not, it's not a lightweight, um, as a, as a super saison, but, um, yeah, um, it's a very pleasant and clean drinking and fun beer in its own right. So, you know, I would try, if you want to get it closer to what a, you know, a, a judge wants in and says on you, you want it, you want it a little more phenolic. Um, so you could try playing with your yeasts, um, perhaps kind of goof around with fermentation attempts, maybe, you know, uh, stress the yeast a little bit, but you don't want to go too crazy because it's going <laughs> to, it's going to also peter out if you don't do it right. And then you don't, it won't attenuate properly. Um, so, you, you know, phenolic, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Saison yeast is, is notoriously finicky. Uh, but wow, yeah, it's, it's really smooth for a super saison. I really enjoy it, and I, I gave it a just because, like the to me, the the the, the balance could have been improved a little bit. I, I'm in the. It's a very good beer. I kind of landed at 35 on this one. I just um, I think I to get it to to 40s, you want a little more carbonation, a little more uh, of the phenolic, and and you want the fruits to be a little more kind of orangey, lemony instead of the interesting uh, tropical flavors that are coming in sideways at me. But I mean, that said, it's, it's a really enjoyable beer for what it is. And I think it's smooth drinking and, and fun. Like this is, it, it might be almost like a, you know, a new version or new twist on, on the style somehow. Cause uh, I don't know, you're doing something interesting here. I'm really, really curious about your recipe, but uh, I'll let, I'll let Brian uh, say what he has to say about it too. <laughs> All right, sure. Go for it. All right. Yeah. I really like this beer also. Uh, there was a, a nice authoritative hiss upon opening, which you don't always get from homebrew. Um, I'll, I'll be curious if you bottle condition this or uh, fill it from a keg. Uh, aroma, get kind of a medium spicy hop aroma, uh, medium high Belgian uh, yeast fermentation character, uh, a medium pills malt aroma, very very uh, aromatic. I really enjoyed how this, how this beer smelled. Uh, no off aromas, so 10 out of 12 for aroma. Appearance, uh, it's extremely pale. I mean, this thing up like a pilsner, and you can see how crystal clear this is. I mean, you can kind of, there's light and other stuff going on here, but you can almost see through this. It, it's almost too clear for the style, and I, I, I'm not going to knock it for that, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's got sort of a low persistent head. Uh, when this is a style that really ought to have a really big uh, persistent head. So I did knock at one point for kind of uh, a few things not being quite to style, but from a standpoint of do I like it or not, I really like it. Well, um, this, this bottle, my second bottle is doing this. Like 
the first bottle yeah. didn't do this. And I think you said your first bottle was a little different from your second bottle too. What is, yeah, so. my, my second bottle did that more than the first bottle. What is that? You guys okay. gotta uh, be a little it's descriptive. Just creep, it's it's creeping up in the neck there. Sorry. Oh, okay. For, yeah. yeah. Okay. For all of you who aren't watching on on video, it's like <laughs> right, the right, right. <laughs> Yeah, the bubbles are just creeping up in the neck. We're on this Zoom it's, call It's here not looking creeping at up other. so much that I would worry about infection. No, not like not, to that not extent, not but it's flavor. like, yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of fascinating. Uh, flavor, initially I get uh, some Pils malt, uh, kind of a low to medium level, and kind of what I, I think of as a Belgian yeast slash fermentation character uh, up front. Also, uh, that Belgian yeast fermentation character is kind of a, a spicy phenol it's little peppery it's not limited to being peppery it's very distinctive and if you uh, uh like a uh, belgian beer you know what i'm and had belgian beer you know what i'm referring to uh mid palate still no hop or hop flavor but hot bitterness comes up to uh kind of dominate in mid palate this is kind of a, a pretty bitter beer to me uh end up with a uh, that that hop uh, bitterness dominates through a, a long finish. Uh, it's very well attenuated, uh, which is great. Uh, like 14 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, 5 of 5. Low body because of the, the really high attenuation of this beer. Uh, high carbonation, uh, effervescent, which is something that you rarely encounter in homebrew. Uh, low carbonation is kind of an endemic issue with homebrew, uh, regardless of how you package it. And the fact that it's effervescent is really, uh, really pretty amazing. Uh, more perky than astringent or creamy. And when I think of perky, I think more of something that is uh, highly carbonated and lively uh, without having an astringent character or without being, you know, creamy sort of implies that it's not very carbonated and that it's more of a smooth mouthfeel. But I, I think it is more perky than anything. Five out of five. Uh, overall impression, I gave this an eight for a total score of 39. I really like this beer. You know, it, it nails the dry finish, which is critical for a Saison. That's one of the things in the guidelines. A Saison needs to have a, uh, a dry finish. Uh, but it's all, in a way, it's almost so dry and so well attenuated that some of the flavor kind of gets lost. You know, sometimes when a beer gets so well attenuated, you, you have a sip. And it's got great flavor, and then it just kind of slips away almost immediately. And this beer might almost be uh, uh, to that to that end. Uh, I'm curious about what yeast you use. You know, maybe a slightly different yeast. I'm curious if this was one of those Kvike yeasts that's so popular now. Uh, but I, I want to hear all about your your recipe uh, and your process and how you came up with this. But yeah, give us a 39. It's uh, it's excellent. And I'm plan I plan to finish this bottle uh, uh, this evening, whether it's during the show or after. So yeah, I think I think you're getting more uh, more bitterness than I did there, uh, Mr. Brian Shar. More bitterness, and and my I, I agree. My second sample was more carbonated and fluffy. I think we're kind of drinking the same thing now. But actually, but actually my my second one is a little less carbonated, and I think the effervescence mm. and the carbonic bite amplifies what you what I think of as hot bitterness. Okay. Yeah, that could be. Because this second one, yeah, I mean, I have both both of my bottles kind of have that little bit of uh, additional bubbling in them, but the first one is maybe a little more effervescent. 
which is mm -hmm. what I, uh, this was not quite, this sample is not quite coming off as bitter as the first one. Okay. Yeah, I agree. The one that's more effervescent comes off more, more to style and the bitterness is a little more accented in it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Mark, um, let's start with your recipe, man, if you have that in front of you, and then we can sort of get to the uh, in, get into the weeds, if you will. Sure. Yeah, so like I said at the, the beginning of the call here, um, I, I had brewed this beer in anticipation of our annual competition that was coming up, so it's just really trying to fill the pipeline. So this beer was in an 11-gallon batch, and honestly, it was, it was designed around – um, a clone of a local brewery here, uh, Grimm Brothers. They have a, a the style is called Kotzbuser. Hmm. Um, their oh. beer snow, Snowdrop. So the base <laughs> recipe was built around that. So I shot for an 11 gallon batch. Um, so you guys nailed it with the Pilsner malt. Uh, 11 gallon batch, 20 pounds of Pilsner Pilsner malt. Um, hmm. That was coming from. We got a local maltster here in Loveland, Colorado. It's a uh, root shoot malting. So it's their, cool. yeah, their Odyssey Pilsner malt. So that's pretty artisan. rad. Yeah. Artisan malt. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. And then, um, use their, also their, their white wheat. So coming in with three pounds of white wheat and then true to form with that Kotzbuser style, it has a, about a pound and a half of flaked oats. So not, too, <laughs> not typical in a Saison necessarily, but, um, it's in this beer. Uh, Interesting. So sh shooting for about 25 IBUs, um, <clears throat> about a half an ounce of Apollo um, at 60 minutes, and then hit it with two ounces of Hollow Tower um, at 15. And then an uh, ounce of Sots at five minutes. And then from a yeast perspective on the Saison side, um, this was a blend. So I pitched, uh, 3711, um, the French Saison from Y East. And then my, my local homebrew shop, Elevated Fermentations, got to give them a shout out. Um, they sometimes have some yeast that are, are, are heading to expiration. And so I, I grabbed a couple of vials of, uh, Brett Brooks and, and co-pitched that with, with the 3711. Interesting. Um, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I would not have, I did not get any kind of sour or funk Brett Brooks out of this at all, but it's consistent with the super high attenuation of this beer. Yeah. And you know, 3711 will present itself like that too. You know, every time I've used yeah. it, it just dries it completely out. So I, I think that's, you know, the spear finished at 1002. So Man. I think the Brett didn't even get a chance to like show its face like, like yeah, at all. Nothing left to chew. Uh, yeah, yeah. The spirit is dry AF. That's all I have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. And I, I love 3711. That's one of my probably my favorite Saison yeast. It's hard to manage, but man, the results are so good. So yeah, this is um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm typically kegging everything and you know, having brewed, you know, Belgian styles for a while, I can't hit that carbonation level on my on my draft system. Um, let hard. alone trying to get my beer gun to, to hit that in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So kind of my process on this was taking it back to my, my original days as a home brewer and, and did a bottle conditioned batch. I'm, I'm sorry. There was some variation there. I'm guess I'm not surprised by that, but I, I racked out of uh, primary into, into a keg with um, bottling sugar and, and then, 
bottled off my beer gun, uncarbonated into into bottles for bottle conditioning. Oh, but um, it's it's nicely conditioned. Nice. There, you know, there's a there's a, a tight uh, you know settling of dregs at the bottom. It's not uh, floating up at all. It's just it it dropped bright brightish. There's a little bit of uh, haze, which is a you know yeah. nice for for this beer. But yeah, I'm reading about the 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 Cotbusser too a little bit, and I know it's like there's table strength and stronger, which they define as six percent. So where did this one land ABV wise? So this, um, because it dried out so much, was was right around seven and a half percent. Yeah. Um, where where the other side, you know, not, that ended up being like a logger pitch. It you know was about five finished about five points higher. And then on that Cotsbuser or two, there's a there's an addition of of honey. The recipe per my local brewery would have added molasses, but I I just did it with some honey mid fermentation. Nice. Yeah, there's um, there's a really nice article about it on homebrewersassociation.org by Duncan Bryant uh, about this style, and it, it it talks about the yeast's character being cleaner and not you know uh, instead of like a German you know it's a it's a wheat beer but with a a cleaner yeast strain and it's and it's you know generally light alcohol but there's stronger versions but it drops uh, yeah with you know less of the yeast character that you, that you would get from a saison. So I think that this is just like a case of us not understanding the beer, but, but seeing that it's a, it's a wonderful to drink beer. And um, I'd like to learn more about this and, uh, and experience some more of these. Well, come it's over to my white... house as soon as yeah. COVID's over and let's drink some. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So... What's your address? Give me your address and phone number. Yeah. Right now on the air. Need it right here. now. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so it's considered part of the family of white beers due to the use of wheat malt and, uh, Named after a town called uh, Kotbus in Germany. So yeah, interesting. I'm gonna look out for this. This is the first Kotbuser we've gotten, I think. Here, <laughs> I think so. Uh, Mark, do you have any other questions for the boys? Um, I don't know. What, I mean, what what would you guys do different if if you know I was to rebrew that recipe? Mm. So problem with the bottle beer. variation. Yeah, the problem with beers like this is uh, your judges aren't gonna understand it until there's a, at least even a provisional style, you know, and there, if you go on the BGCP site, there are some like, and we've been getting some uh, Katarina sours and, you know, they have new England IPA as a, as a provisional style. And I think they're a little overdue for, um, you know, uh, revising the style guidelines. And maybe that's something that I'll get to help out with uh, as a, a regional rep now. I don't know, but um, you know, a judge is not going to understand this beer. You say enter it as a Saison. Then it's like, Let's kind of say some of the things we just said about it. It's like a fantastic beer, but it doesn't have all the attributes of a saison, and it's but it's also like really interesting the way it is. And so I, you know, I think to get it, since your your yeast is really attenuating, and I, I'm not sure what you were trying to do with the bread, <laughs> I, I might just omit mm. that. Um, but uh, you know, just lighten up the starting gravity a little bit and and try again. If you can predictably get that kind of attenuation you did with this fermentation uh just start a little lighter and go for the you know the six percent strength composter or maybe do two different versions of it and, and do a three and a six and and uh see where they land but uh Dude, it's it's covid times man i'm trying to get drunk yeah <laughs> uh, no I, so, I, yeah. I agree with brian that like taking the brett brooks out would be uh i mean it's not adding anything and that Brux is going to give you some funk or some sourness. And I didn't really get any of the, any of that in this beer. 
And it may what it may have done is cause it to attenuate a little bit too much. Having said that, you got some effervescence probably from the brooks, right? Because that's going to keep chewing through your fermentables. Having said that, I mean, you might want to look for bottle bombs in uh, a couple of months if you still have some of this that hasn't been drank. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, what were the hops that you used? Did you mention that already? Sorry. Yeah, just just bittered with a little touch of Apollo and then some Tower at 15 and then Sots at, Sots at 5. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got a little spice there. Yeah, you want to use noble yeah. hops in the finish on this beer. So, yeah, sure. Did you lager it? Um, well, at this point, I mean, this, this beer was brewed in like November, probably in the bottle sometime in December. So, I mean, at this point, yeah, it's, it's just been lagering real well in the bottle. Yeah. Cold conditioning in the bottle. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And so this beer actually, um, this beer took second overall in the best of show at our, our homebrew comp, comp here in Northern Colorado. And wow. picked up by Bricks Brewing over in Greeley for JBF. If JBF competition even happens, so uh, yeah, yeah, pretty stoked about that, man. Were oh, you yeah, able to enter it as a? Uh, I mean, you had to enter it as a saison since there's I no did. style for this beer. Yeah, yep, I did as a super saison. Yeah, well, I mean, it's really clean and it's really fantastic. I I appreciate it for what it is, but it's it's oh, yeah. it's too it's lighter than it should be. And like, if you get nitpicky judges that don't realize like, okay, that this beer has a fantastic balance to it for what it is. And it may not have all the, you know, um, the phenolics and, and, uh, some, some of the bottles didn't have the effervescence that we wanted. It's still a fantastic beer in its own right. And I think that maybe they just got just the right bottle and they're like, wow, this is cool. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I, maybe I should have scored it a little higher. You can bring <laughs> so, it up if you want. Yeah, uh, so I, I would say that the, uh, when I score the first first bottle, I would bring that bring it up a little bit with the second yeah. one. So maybe go to a 37 or, or so. Mark, don't worry about it. You're not going to win anything anyway. So <laughs> it's all good. I really appreciate appreciate your time. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And if you have any more beer, you know uh, you know where to reach us. Uh, you you know I will. All right. Yeah. Thanks, thanks man. Cheers, Cheers, Mark. Guys. Thank Cheers. you. Take care. All right, man. Bye. Yeah, I'll finish this one too. <laughs> there you go. Yes. All right, I think we have to take another break. Right, Brian? Cooper? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Let's yes, take a, a fast break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap things up here. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. 
the leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators, is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S-Draft.com. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for not fleeing at the sound of us taking another break. We really appreciate it because we want to tell you about the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped.com. Look, let me tell you something. If your balls are hairy, and I know they are, or even, look, let's be honest. It's not even just about the balls, okay? It's manscaped, but women have hair underneath the belly button and lower, too, okay? What? Yes, I know. Are you serious? This is is what happens. So it's not only just about the balls, but it is the bathing suit area. Let's call it the bathing suit area because maybe, look, maybe you're Greek, and maybe you have hair that comes all the way up the underside. I'm not saying I do because I'm half Greek. But if you are full <laughs> Greek, maybe this is the problem for you. So it's not just about that. It's personal grooming. And it's the Lawnmower 3.0, which is available for available for purchase right now. It's the third generation Manscaped trimmer, which has a ceramic blade to prevent accidents. So if you... Everybody's, oh, del- everybody's delicate down there. You're not going to cut yourself. You're not going to nick yourself. We sort of focus on the ball sack because we are men, and that's what with the equipment that we're we're given, and that's the most thing that's that's the the thing that's most prone to to being nicked, right? But you know, anyway, I don't want to get too graphic. But go to my YouTube <laughs> channel where I will. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Anyway, yep. um, it's a premium battery. It will last up to 90 minutes on a single charge. So you can take a quick shave and then just put it down. You don't have to worry about uh, you know, putting it back on the charger. You don't need to do that. Uh, it also has an LED light and a 7,000 RPM motor, which is very, very quiet. So you can groom and not disrupt anybody. You know, it's not a, a, a pull start uh, weed whacker mm. like some of these things you can get. You know what I mean? So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off plus free shipping, guys and ladies, with promo code BREWING. Manscaped.com, 20% off. Free shipping. Your bathing suit area will thank you. I can manscape right here on Zoom for you guys, 2.0. If you people, if viewers want to check this shit out, that's right. I can just go in the bathroom and I'll be back in like a minute and I'll just stand here and I can manscape away if that would be helpful sure. for our, uh, our live read. That, so. w- that would be great. I would give me time to get my magnifying glass. <laughs> ah. I don't know. Whatever. Wah, wah. Yeah. Um, well, look, Brian and Brian, thank you very much, you guys. I, I really appreciate it. Um, if anybody listening wants to send their beer in, 
email brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Either uh, you know we'll have you ship to both Brian's or uh, maybe you'll ship to one of the Brian's and then they can sort of jaunt around the Bay Area dropping off beers to us. Uh, either way, we're going to get you on, even if it's one Brian or both Brian's or, hey, even all three of us. Uh, we're going to we'll make it happen it for you. Yeah, so uh, that would be great. Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. We need beers to keep the show going. That's just kind of how this thing works. So check it out. If you want to listen to more great beer radio, well, look no further than the Brewing Network. We have the session. We have Brew Strong. We have Dr. Homebrew. We have old episodes of, um, what's that stupid distilling show that Warren and I did? Heads and Tails. Heads and Tails. Heads and tails. <laughs> I like legitimately yeah. forgot about it. Uh, I love the that show. What about the sour hour? Yeah, sure. There's that too. Uh, and uh, l- lunch meat. Yeah, sure. If you want to hear, if you want to hear Moscow's soundboard, the sour hour is the show for you. Yeah, no, I'm all right with that. Uh, Justin sent me an email the other day that the uh, Heads and Tails was trending on Australian Apple podcasts. It was ranked. Uh, it ranked uh, number be- 173 on the food section in Australia iTunes, which I think is great. It's the apocalypse times. Yeah, I, I mean, you go, JP. Who, who yeah. isn't distilling right now? Well, you know? and, and, I mean, and those things are like out of 200, so we're like, all right, yeah. that's cool. But uh, okay. you know, anyway, so check that out. That was a fun show. I wish we could do that again. But anyway, there's a whole lot to listen to on the Brewing Network. Um, be- take this time, learn how to become a BJCP judge. If you want to you as should. well, that would be really great. We need more good judges, and only good judges listen to this show. <laughs> so you know, ser- seriously, if you're listening to this show and you care enough about beer to improve it, to think about it, to get into this level of detail with us, if you're not a BJCP judge, you really ought to take the exam. What uh, are you waiting for? And you know what, Cooper? Yeah. Maybe a thing we ought to think about doing. Uh, maybe for a sh- next show or a few shows coming up, just have maybe a short segment about maybe you're not in a homebrew club or not near other homebrewers, but you want to be a judge. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Yep. That'd be good. Well, yeah. Um, I was just talking to, you know, there was another of the, the new, uh, new reps uh, uh, from, from Israel and I'm, I'm spacing his name right now, but uh, he, he wants to do a set of online uh, classes. And I've been talking also here locally oh, with nice. some other other judges um, that, that want to do some uh, some online uh, beer judging classes. And the nice thing is, like, you don't you don't have to be, you know, in a room with people doing a class. We can just get our best instructors to right to do the beer judging instruction, do a 10 or 11 or 12 week class about all these different topics that we cover in this and if you can hang in there with uh, with that, you can <laughs> yeah. you can become a beer judge if you know yeah. a little bit about styles. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, to me. so it's um, yeah, o- Omer Basha. He just got elected oh. for the uh, one of the new regions. Um, he's in cool. he's in Israel, and he's uh, seems like a really smart guy, and he knows a lot about IT. He's gonna we're working together with him trying to make some improvements to the beer judge program. Uh, now that That's I'm representing awesome. the West region. And I'm excited about it. Love it. We're gonna, it's going to be a good time. I mean, we have some challenges right now, obviously, but uh, hopefully it's going to be a good time for the judging community. And homebrewing is taking off again, and I love it, man. That's right. All right, I good really stuff. love how it's taking off internationally, where we have BJCP reps from Israel. And we got, like, grandmaster judges in yeah. Argentina. And I think it's just really cool. It is. Yep. It's good stuff. 
All right, we're going right. to get out of here, everybody. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks a lot to the Bryans for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you to everybody listening to the show. And then until next time, we will see you at the judging table. Huh? Eh. Yeah. Yeah. No, wait, wrong show? Yeah, wrong show. Send us, send us some beer. Yeah.